Welcome to the Staffing RecOps podcast, where we interview leaders from high-volume staffing and recruitment firms on the operations, strategy and business processes that they've implemented or are implementing. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcoming to the show today, Cameron Edwards. Cameron, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Cameron is SVP Client Strategy and Operations at Matlin Silver, based in Charlotte, North Carolina, in the United States. Cameron started with Matlin Silver as a resource manager in 2012, progressing through the ranks with regular promotions over the years. Matlin Silver is a staffing agency with a twist, an IT services and IT consulting company who deliver solutions for complex talent and technology needs to Fortune 500 companies and industry leaders. This is the first interview podcast of the new quarter. Last quarter, we were focused on onboarding retention and reskilling. This quarter, we are going to be discussing customer and candidate care, automation and messaging. Cameron, can you share with the audience and myself what Matlin Silver has been doing in relation to automating messaging? Sure, happy to. So a number of years ago, we thought about like everybody does. How do we make our recruiters more efficient? How can we take some redundancies off their plate? And how can we ensure a continuity of experience for our consultants? And what we came up with is what we internally refer to as our total talent engagement. <clears throat> so this is made up of our tech staff. Um, so we have multiple technologies and they all work together to enhance the experience for our consultants. So when we set to do this, we thought about, yes, how do we make our recruiters more efficient? But on all honesty, we wanted to make sure that we were creating the best type of experience for our consultants. So kind of put ourselves in their seat and said, if I'm looking for a job, how do I want to be engaged? How do I want to be communicated with? Um, you know, we had read a stat that up to 90% of talent wish they had more communication from firms throughout the placement process. And a complaint you hear over and over again in our industry is I got the job and then I didn't hear from anybody or I didn't know who to go to. So we set to embark on a journey to make sure that we weren't getting that type of feedback from our talent and we're enhancing their experience so they would want to have their experience with us again and again. So what would be the actionable steps that I could take if I was working for a staffing or recruiting recruitment agency and I wanted to, to implement this into my business? What, what would be the first thing I should do and how would I go about implementing this kind of a project? I think first and foremost, you need to have an honest conversation and look at where you currently are, what you're currently doing, um, get feedback from your consultants, get feedback from your recruiters of what impacts their day, what maybe quote unquote bogs them down, get feedback from your onboarding team as well. Um, those are things that we went to kind of like the people who would be the super users in our organization of these technologies and kind of be prepared for maybe not great feedback and be willing to take it with a grain of salt and then develop um, an improvement process and you need to get all of your organizations that would be involved in this. So for us, that was marketing, onboarding, talent acquisition, 
our recruiters, our technology teams, and sit down in a room and say, this is where we are. This is where we want to be. These are the pinpoint areas of where we need improvement. And then again, I think what's really paramount is to put the end user, which would be your consultant, the person who's taking a job with you in the driver's seat and think about how do I make this experience for them the best type of experience it can be. And then it's a lot of testing, trial and error, what works, what doesn't work. Um, how do people like to be communicated with? Sometimes people prefer email, sometimes they want a text message, sometimes they want a phone call and implement all those different touch points into your strategy. How long ago did this journey start for Matt and Silver? It's an ongoing journey. I would say we started probably around 2017, 2018 um, by utilizing some automation technologies for messaging. And we started small and we started taking some of those like repeatable tasks off of our recruiter's plate and we continue to evolve them. It's a lot of A-B testing. It's a lot of testing of certain type of messaging that works. We started to evolve it into our onboarding process, our alumni programs, um, you know, re-engaging talent in our database that perhaps hadn't been communicated with in a long time. I think in our industry, you hear people brag about a certain amount of individuals in their database, but if they're disengaged talent or they're people who have never communicated with your organization, you don't really have much to offer. I think anybody can parse a bunch of resumes into their database, but it's what you're doing to engage with that talent and stay engaged with them is what's really impactful. It sounds like you had quite a large project team, I guess, depending on the size of the business, people can decide how, how many people they need to put into uh, running a, a project like this. When it comes to mapping out the messaging, you, you just talked about trial and error. How how much was how much was the messaging down to your business, and how much did you just leverage what was it already out there from existing? Was it, is it off the shelf solutions that you're using plugged into your ATS? We wanted it to sound like us. You know, we wanted it to be the Matlin brand, and we wanted people to feel like they were hearing from somebody rather than an automated messaging tool. So we definitely put our own spin on it. There are certainly lots of templates and guidelines and recommendations of what a workflow should look like, what moments that matter that you should be touching um, base with your talent. But we really wanted to make it personal because I think that's what is part of our differentiator. We've been in this industry for such a long time, you know, 43 years now. And at the end of the day, we can only be ourselves. So it was making sure that it also sounded like the recruiter that the individual had been working with. And I think, you know, initially when we rolled some of these things out, we felt like it was kind of robotic in the messaging. And I was like, that doesn't sound like John Smith that this person's been working with for, you know, weeks at this point now. So we really wanted to make sure it was a personalized touch point. And then we realized what shouldn't be automated. You know, certain things still need to be handled by the individuals that those talent have relationship with, our onboarding team, our consultant care, the recruiter themselves. So what we did was we automated messages internally as reminders to those folks involved to ensure we weren't dropping that ball, but 
you know, certain touch points still need to be a phone call, still need to be something, a face-to-face meeting. Um, so it was kind of gauging what should be automated and what should still be personal. Did you implement any particular structure to your project? Did you run it as a project using any kind of methodologies or was it just more, okay, let's get in a room, we'll have a meeting, let's discuss? I think it started like that. Let's get into a room, let's have a meeting, let's discuss, let's talk about what some of our pain points are. Let's look at our current NPS score and think about what do we want it to be. Um, and took all those things into consideration. So I wouldn't say we had a true project methodology um, per se. And again, this is ever evolving, ever changing. And we just wanted to make sure we were taking input from all parties involved. So, you know, thought leaders from our recruiting development um, and their team, making sure that we were listening to the onboarding team as well for certain things that really became time consuming for them and how could we streamline that and again making sure that at the end of the day we went to the source and talked to the talent said what did we get right what did we not do so well in this experience so we can make sure that we're continuously improving it you mentioned the mps school there is is that where this all started I think what it started was, again, making sure we were helping our recruiters be efficient as possible. You know, in a typical day, it's extraordinary all the things that can get thrown on a recruiter's plate. And we wanted to ensure that who, quote unquote, suffered wasn't our talent. You know, it's it's forgivable if sometimes the time just gets away from you because you've been doing so many things. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I meant to call that person on their first day and I totally forgot because then you missed a really important moment that matters. Um, The first day start, ensuring that everything went smoothly. If we're not there to physically walk you in, um, we wanna make sure that you're hearing from us. So there were certain things that were like line in the sand. We cannot drop the ball on this or that or that. So we utilize some of that engagement technology to help be that fail safe. And again, to offer that continuity of experience for everyone who took a contract with us. A couple of minutes ago, you talked about uh, people preferring, having preferences for different methods of communication. What, What are the different channels that you're using to communicate? Is it just email and text? Is it WhatsApp? Are there any other... Well, we're primarily um, a United States organization, so we utilize text, email. We don't particularly do WhatsApp right now, and then phone call. So again, we want to put that person in the driver's seat. Some people like look at your number on the screen and text you back as soon as that call ends and says, hey, what's up? Um, Some people want all that information in an email, and some people want a phone call. I think, you know, they want to be able to say, this is how it's best for you to contact me. And this is how I actually will respond. So at the start of our engagement journey, we say to them, okay, you tell us, and then we can map that engagement workflow based on their preferences. The phone calls themselves, you're not automating at this stage or you are? No, we're not automating those. No, we have automated reminders internally for our team. Like, Hey, you need to call James. It was his first day. You need to check in and see how things went. Um, but we haven't automated any phone calls. 
you said that this is an ongoing project. How do you measure the success of this project? A lot of feedback. Um, so again, like constant satisfaction surveys for different pieces of it. So we'll segment like onboarding. Okay, tell us exactly how this onboarding process has been. Um, we segment satisfaction in their current assignment. Okay, how happy are you on this contract over there? Um, so we segment those so we can really make enhances and change to things and not overwhelmingly change an entire process if some of the pieces actually are working really well. Um, it's a lot of testing of messaging, especially for those that we're trying to curate maybe cold talent in the sense that it's been a little while since you've connected with any of us. And then really testing when it came to our alumni, um, because what's what do you want to hear about from us? If you have taken on a new assignment once you've ended with us on you know a different contract with a different employer, we still want to stay in touch with you. What do you want to be hearing about from us and getting that feedback from them? And again, putting people in different types of workflows based on what they're telling us. Have you put any rules in around not over messaging? Have you got any any workflows in there about not not sending too many messages per day? And, and what would those numbers be? Yes, I'm. Yes, we had an exercise when we were consolidating some of our tech stack um, and making some changes. And we realized, oh, my gosh, somebody who's onboarding at one of our certain clients was getting like nine different messages on their first day or within their first week. And we were all kind of like shocked and appalled. Um, it was all really important information and things they needed. But we're like, that's insane. No one no one's going to pay attention to nine different emails. So making sure that like all different organizations involved in this are communicating with each other and saying, all right, let's all sit down and go through what the workflow for this specific client, because they're all different, um, would be the information, the timeliness of the information that needs to be um, communicated. And let's make sure that we're creating a seamless process. So absolutely checks and balances um, because you can quickly start to see the disengagement um, of the workflows where at a certain point, they're not even opening those emails anymore. Um, so we wanted to make sure that we're paying attention and we're actually adding value and not just adding more junk in somebody's inbox that gets lost amongst the masses. So coming back to that value piece again, your your response to my question around how you measure it is, is lots of feedback. You talked already about the MPS score. What what are the other what are the other actual measurables and metrics? Yeah, absolutely. So response rates, open rates, you know, if there's a call to action in our email, how many people are actually, you know, following through with that. Um, so a lot of time looking at the analytics that are provided from the technology partners that we utilize so we can see what works, what doesn't work, um, how often uh, we need to be communicating with somebody. And then to your point earlier, when is too much? Because um, again, all of this is in addition to the relationships they have with the folks internally here. So, you know, there is communication going on with the individuals too. So at certain points, they become, it could become really overwhelming. So we've wanted to make sure something that we've created is authentic, impactful, um, and something that offers value. 
what would you say is the biggest takeaway from this implementation? Are, are you seeing a, a higher um, renewal rates with with placements, or what what would be the top metric? We've been pleasantly surprised um, with kind of all the results of it. You know, our referral rates increased over twenty five percent. Our NPS score is consistently in the high seventies or eighties. Um, we've been able to increase our redeployment over 25%. So those things are fantastic. And I think, again, it was more so of also then utilizing these to make our team more efficient and help them not feel so burnt out. Because if you're trying to juggle a lot of balls, um, you know, it's natural that sometimes you can start to feel that burn and churn. So we wanted to make sure that our internal teams benefited from it too. Um, you know, our average tenure for our recruiting staff is over five years. So like trying to take away as many obstacles as we possibly can without forgetting we are in a people business. So you can't view this as really transactional because at the end of the day, your quote unquote product is a person and you're dealing with them in what can be a very stressful time finding a new opportunity. So we wanted to make sure we didn't lose the human touch to anything that we were doing with automation. This has all been about the candidates and the people that you're placing, the talent. Do you use any kind of automated messaging with clients? We were really hesitant to do so um, initially. I think just kind of out of the fear of, oh goodness, what if something went wrong with the technology? What if somebody accidentally hit send on a wrong type of message? Um, and at the end of the day, we have not. We've not utilized any of these for our clients because we feel very much that we should be communicating with them directly. If you're trusting us to find talent for your organization, to be a partner like that, we personally believe that we should be doing all those things um, organically. So we've not done any automations for any of the clients. Have you got any automation and messaging for business development? Yes and no. Um, again, I think sometimes our industry is yes and no. So <laughs> again, it was something that we've talked a ton about. And, you know, again, we kind of go back to how many of those emails do you get that you just trash, you know, and again, nothing against these people doing um, that type of marketing outreach because you have to be but we wanted to have a different type of approach and something that we thought about our automation was how do we create a lot of brand ambassadors for Matlin Silver? How do we make sure that the folks who are out there representing us are glad to be representing us or happy in their assignment? So we took that kind of approach initially with you know business development within our current clientele by utilizing the current consultants that we had in there as brand ambassadors, make sure that our alumni consultants are brand ambassadors as well. And then anybody who was potentially flipping to a full-time associate of one of our clients had a great experience and again, became a brand ambassador for us. So we've done some things in new business automation, you know, some initial outreach or campaigns, but primarily where we focus is with our um, consultant talent. Have you utilized any automated messaging internally for your own consultants? Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, you know, silly, but it's not quite silly, but things like 
constant reminders that, you know, you, you know, you have to do it, but you have a tendency to forget. We've definitely done that. We've utilized the internal messaging for reminders of like outreaches for, Hey, just as an FYI, you know, this consultant is slated to end in the next 90 days. We need to start getting proactive about helping them find something new triggers when we get a satisfaction survey back that perhaps isn't great and fantastic, ensuring that that person is immediately followed up with. Um, so they know not only do we hear you, we're taking action on the feedback that you provided us. So there's been a lot of things that we've kind of started to utilize it for. Um, and in particular, it's been really helpful for us within our onboarding process because you can start to see the red flags prior to, you know, a recruiter or somebody on our onboarding team raising their hand saying, oh, I don't know that this person may actually be starting. Because again, you can start to track that disengagement by they're not opening those emails anymore. They're not responding to those text messages. We have a potential false start here. So we can jump in and try to salvage the situation or we can replace the consultant. So um, with the engagement workflows on the onboarding process, you can predict like up to 70% of the time when someone is going to probably back out of the position. So we've been able to be very proactive and decrease our false starts that way. What would you say has been the hardest thing about this whole project? Um, <laughs> communication, which this whole thing is about, but you have to communicate with all the different entities within your organization that will touch this and think about again, their perspective of what they're trying to accomplish. Our onboarding team is trying to get somebody started as quickly as they possibly can. Our recruiters are making sure that their experience is great with the talent and they want to come back and have it again. Um, so at the end of the day, we all have the same end goal. Like we want to get this person onboarded with our client and have a successful and happy engagement for both sides. But marketing may have a different idea of what they want to do. Technology may think, oh, well, what about this? What if we added this to it? So communicating, because as I mentioned previously, nine separate outreaches, and we were kind of blind to it. So really ensuring that every single department that would touch this, utilize it, have a need for it, is overly communicating and consistently communicating when you implement a new technology. Because again, this is all a tech stack that different entities play a part of. How will this impact what we're doing over here? Do we need to turn off one of those messages? Do we need to make sure that, you know, this client has this type of workflow? What about the client B over here? So communicating. Would you and Cadence and also a top-down approach in terms of ensuring transparency as to what is being implemented across the company so that you don't end up with individuals receiving nine emails in their first week post-placement? Absolutely. I think like the leaders of those organizations or the representatives of those organizations represented need to like make sure that flow down communication gets to their teams um, because at the end of the day, for adoption, we want internally people to be excited about a new technology that we're implementing, understanding the reason why, instead of being like, oh man, something else I need to learn, or what does this do, or what, and have them understand exactly what it means. You know, I think at times we were finding that a recruiter or potential one of our um, sales executives 
didn't even understand what exactly was in one of our automation workflows. Well, that's not okay. They need to understand the messaging, the cadence, the type of message that's going out to these individuals. Um, so really ensuring that everybody internally understands exactly what we're doing, why we're doing it, and how it is a complement to all of their efforts and how at the end of the day, it's meant to make their jobs easier. So ensuring that trainings happen, continuous trainings happen. When you're changing something, you're explaining to all the team members, every single person who's gonna to touch that in some way or form understands what's gonna change, why it's gonna change. So then they understand if they get a question, oh, well, yes, we did change our timesheet reminder and this is now what you're going to see. Um, so we're not duplicating efforts and at the end of the day, you know, doing what we're not trying to do and make someone's job harder. If I'm a recruiter or anyone else for that matter, working for your business, how do I know what automated messages are going out and to whom? It's documented and it's in our drive. So everyone can go and exactly see when that message goes out what that message is, um, how it will be delivered, whether it's a text message or an email, or it's an internal reminder for a phone call. So we have it easily accessible to all because we want to make sure that again, and it's hard and sometimes you don't remember everything and we have client specific workflows as well. So it will vary by client due to certain things that need to be communicated at certain points. So to ensure, and also remember that like, hey, at this point, this workflow is asking to get together for coffee. So it's also helping our sales executives like manage and book meetings. So working their calendar around it. So we have it easily accessible. And again, we do a lot of continual trainings on them. Do you know how many man hours have gone into this project? No, <laughs> I think we don't want to know the answer to that, but it's necessary and it's good work. Um, over the course of the number of years, because if you ever take the mentality of set it and forget it, you might as well not implement your technology because at the end of the day, it it's not going to be impactful. You won't see a return on your investment and these technologies can be quite expensive at times. So you want to make sure that you are dedicating the amount of time it deserves in order to see the biggest return on your investment. So I can certainly say, you know, as we, I'm not quite sure about the number of man hours as we set it up, but the number of man hours we've been able to save from our recruiting um, staff has been overwhelming. Giving them time back in their day is probably the most like priceless thing that we can do. As a recruiter or a salesperson, we hate admin and we want to spend more time talking to clients, prospects, candidates, right? If you were talking to someone who was about to embark on a project like this, where would you suggest they focus initially? Where would you say the quickest wins are? And what do you think would have the most impact? And essentially, where, where should people start? I think your initial quickest win um, would be giving some time back to your internal staff. That's an easy thing to do. You take something off of their desk, um, you know, one day versus the next. But I think some of the most impactful things are the things you mentioned. And again, I think what I would do if we were starting all over is I would talk to some people who had done this previously. I would learn about some of their failures. 
um, and some of their successes. I would make it our own. You want it to sound like your organization and your people. You don't want it to sound like a carbon copy of all the things out there because all of us can tell when we get an automated email, you get one of those automated phone calls, an automated text message, and we want it to be authentic because again, our people are the most important thing um, in our industry. So I would talk to other people. I would sit down and again, I would talk to the end user in the sense of the person you're trying to get to give you their business. You know, at the end of the day, a consultant has a choice of countless um, organizations they can work with. So they want, you need them to want to choose to work with you and then choose to work with you again. So talk to them and be prepared to listen to what you got right, what you didn't get right, and be willing to make those changes. And I think then you're going to start to see a lot of the long-term, you know, the redeployment, the um, referrals, those things are astronomically impactful to our organization. So we're very proud of what we've been able to accomplish. We talked about not sending nine emails in one week. Did you succumb to any other big automated messaging faux pas? No, um, no, we had, you know, like, so when you're going back to re-engage your talent pool, so we've been in this industry 43 years, there are a lot of individuals who sit within our internal database. A message at one point, a number of years ago, went out to the masses. And so you got a lot of responses back saying, how am I even in your database? Who are you? What are you talking about? So we took that boo-boo um, as a very shining example of what we would and would not do when we went to start to engage some quote unquote cold talent in our database. And we started with specific timeframes or specific areas, and we kept it very small and measurable um, because that accidental outreach really made us learn further down our journey for something that, you know, wouldn't even correlate. Oh, <laughs> we should do it like this because that didn't work so great. Any other advice for people embarking on a project of message automation? Yes, absolutely. Start small and measurable. Be willing to change. Don't get discouraged if you don't initially see the results you want, because again, maybe your messaging is off. Maybe your cadence is off. Maybe your type of message is off. So again, I think by us trying to put those people in the driver's seat, so they tell us, how do you want to be communicated with? What works best for you? Um, that has helped a lot and to continually improve and change. Because again, if you think my problem is solved, I set this workflow, all these automated messages are going to go out. It'll be great. I know that if a recruiter gets busy, this person is still hearing it because there's still a call to action then internally when they respond, you know, like if we're sending an automated message on their first day, Hey, how did it go? Well, that feedback has to be acted on and it doesn't just, that's not automated. So ensuring that you are consistently like looking at the analytics and letting it tell you change this, this is good, fix it. Um, and always paying attention to the moments that matter in the life cycle of a job. 
Um, so from the moment you initially reach out to that individual about an opportunity to the successful completion of their assignment and hopefully redeployment, capturing on all those moments that matter. Cameron, what's next? Again, we're always going to be continuously looking at what's working, what's not working, improving our process. It was really exciting for us to start to kind of streamline some of these things from an onboarding perspective. Um, I think we're looking to do continuous improvement with our alumni um, outreaches and how we get alumni into our um, alumni redeployment groups. So I think for us, what's next is I feel like we've kind of just scratched the surface of what we can do with automation and we've learned a lot and we've definitely grown a lot. So whether that is client automation or, you know, how we get even more strategic with what we're doing with the workflows and the types of opportunity we're presenting our consultants, I think it's just like a never ending project, which is great and it's exciting. Um, but then ensuring that you're not trying to do too much and you're not trying to automate everything because at the end of the day, everything in our industry cannot be automated. Cameron, thank you very much for sharing your project and your experience with us. Well, thank you so much for having me. And if anybody is starting one, I'd be happy to connect and talk through more of our experience because I think if we all work together to provide a really enjoyable experience for those looking for jobs, it makes all of ourselves in the industry better. Thank you to our listeners. Please like, subscribe and share. And more importantly, let us know if there is someone you would like us to interview on the show and what you would like to hear them talking about. What strategic and or operational changes are you planning to implement in your staffing slash recruitment firm? Lastly, thank you to our sponsor employee providing front and middle office solutions to a range of staffing and recruitment organisations on the Salesforce platform. That's all for today. James Lawton signing out.